This episode of Function is brought to you by Microsoft Azure. That's azure.com slash trial. You know how to spell it, A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial. Startups, governments, and 90% of Fortune 500 companies are running on Microsoft Cloud today. Join them and find new ways to achieve more. You can stay productive using familiar tools, develop and deploy where you want with a consistent hybrid environment, and build engaging apps with intelligent features. Bring your bold ideas to life faster, push them further, and scale them worldwide. Start your free account today at azure.com slash trial. And you know how to spell it. It's A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial. Hi, welcome to the very first episode of Function. I'm Anil Dash, your host. Every week here, we're going to talk about the way technology is reshaping our lives, but at a real human level, because we're going to talk to those of us that are users, that live with the apps every day, but especially to developers, software developers, creators, designers, the people that make those apps that shape the world we live in. I'm incredibly interested in the impact that technology has on our lives because, well, one, I've been a computer programmer and I've made software and wondered how it affected people. But also, I'm somebody who's written about technology, whether it was in Wired Magazine or on my own personal blog. And especially because these days, I'm the CEO of Glitch, which is a company that runs a creative community for millions of developers. And all of that creative work that's happening makes me really curious about the impact that these apps are going to have on our lives. So we're going to connect the dots. We are going to talk to the software developers, the coders, and the designers who actually shape these apps and have them think through and talk out loud with us about what impact they think they're having on culture and on us as individuals. Today, we're going to be talking about the cultural phenomenon that is Fortnite. Now, if you don't know, you've been under a rock, but Fortnite is this incredible Battle Royale-style game. You might see it on an Xbox. You might see it on your iPhone. Anywhere that you play games, it's out there. And the amazing thing is, even though it only debuted in September of 2017, just in the first five months, it passed over 100 million downloads from regular users all over the world. And by July of 2018, the game had brought in over a billion dollars in revenue. This is a massive monster hit. Very, very few games ever have been this kind of phenomenon, almost none that quickly. One of the things that's made Fortnite so popular, other than the fact that it's fun and it's free to play, is that there is dance incorporated throughout the game. Now, Fortnite calls them emotes or dance emotes. And these are these little moments that you have in the game where you can trigger your player to perform a popular dance. It's to celebrate a win when you're doing really well or because you captured somebody's weapons or just to sort of taunt your enemies or opponents in the game. And Epic Games, who are the makers of Fortnite, have come under a little bit of criticism because most of the emotes that are in the game are based on real dances from popular culture. Like, take the hype emote in the game. It's actually pretty clearly just Blockboy JB's shoot dance that he made as his signature dance with his hit single. Same thing with the floss emote. That's just the Backpack Kids dance that became a viral sensation over the last couple years. Some of these dances come as free rewards in Fortnite, but some of them are available to buy, and it doesn't look like the Epic Games team got permission from the artists who created the dances or is paying them any royalties for using them. A little bit later in the show, we're going to hear from Tumilly. Now, he's a Brooklyn rapper who years ago came up with the Millie Rock dance and the song Millie Rock, and he popularized them and made them a cultural phenomenon. Earlier this year, Epic Games introduced an emote called Swipe It, which is very similar to the Millie Rock, 
And Tumili only found out because people told him on social media. So we're going to talk to him about what his experience was of seeing a dance he created show up in a hit game. Now, we'll speak to Tumili a little later, but first we're going to talk about how a dance even gets programmed into a game in the first place. We'll speak to a former game animator named Ty Robinson. Back in the late 90s and early 2000s, he worked for Konami. That's the Japanese game company that produced the interactive dance game Dance Dance Revolution. If you played it back then, you probably know it better as DDR. DDR was huge in the early 2000s. There were videos everywhere, people in arcades or in front of their TVs, dancing frantically, trying to keep up with the beat, following all these little arrows and prompts on the screen. Ty can explain the gameplay of DDR a little bit better. So there'd be these arrows, up, down, left, right, and it would correlate to a dance pad that you're standing on, and it synced up to the music. So the arrow would light up, indicating you know where to step, and then on the actual physical dance pad, you would then step on that arrow. You know, it got really, really complicated when you're matching the beats to all these different arrow prompts. And people got really, really good at it. And they'd start doing actual, basically look like choreographed dancing on the dance pad to the music synced with the game. Now, since Dance Dance Revolution, we've seen a lot more games incorporate dance. Some of those are interactive games that are about dancing, like Just Dance was on the Wii. But some of them are games that just use dance to enhance the gameplay, the way that 2K18 does, or the way that Fortnite does. Ty's worked as an animator on other games and other movies, too. I talked to him about the process of capturing a dance from the real world and putting it into a game, and also about where the future of dance and games is headed. Ty Robinson, thank you for joining us on Function. Thanks for having me. So DDR becomes this huge cultural phenomenon. It's in arcades. It's in our homes. Were there other rhythm games before DDR took off that were incorporating pop culture and mainstream music this way? There were a few games, like, uh, I believe for the PlayStation 1. I think there was one called Parappa the Rapper. Oh, sure, yeah. That's the game where there's a little rapping dog on the screen, and you have to press the buttons to try and get right on the beat. I want you to show me if you can get far. Step on the step on the step on the gas. Step on the brakes. Step, 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 step on the brakes. Brakes. I think any honest hip hop fan has Parappa as one of their top five of all time. There's no question. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that game, I think, had a little bit of that, you know, rhythm element to it that you had to kind of sync up to the game. But yeah, DDR was and you know, Guitar Hero and um, all those games are really the pioneers. So coming back into DDR, you come over from the extreme games that you'd been working on. You are, you know, brought into the task of capturing these these moves, these dances, right? Can you talk a little bit about that process? Like, is there is there a person in the, you know, in your game studio in, in one of these motion capture suits, like they're Gollum and they're, they're doing these dance moves? Like, how does it work? It's interesting the way the game was put together. So um, you mentioned, you know, dancing is the you know, one of the cultural phenomenons in the, the game industry where it, it kind of blew up from that, you know, DDR space. But also there was a huge community centered around the music as well. So we had DJs and people putting together these music tracks and even curating the music for the game that became really popular in that community as well, the DDR community. So there's two sides. There was the music side and then there's the dance side. But to your question, the dance side, we'd have these professional dancers come in and we'd rent out studio space, basically, 
for mocap. Mocap is motion capture. Motion capture, yes. And so, yeah, they're wearing the suits with the ping pong balls, and the the ping pong balls are registering to, you know, usually it's like ultrasound or other sensors, and it's capturing the data of the dancer. And then we apply that data as a file into the 3D animation software, and it gets baked. They call it, the term is baked, but it's basically just applying the data to the bones in the skeleton of the 3D model that's in the game. And then you have this theoretically one-to-one movement capture from real human into the 3D character in the game. So these these dancers come in, are these like hired dancers? Like do you go on Craigslist or like somebody had relationships with, with like a dance troupe? They're generally sort of professional dancers or people that operated in that you know, that industry where they, some of them might have worked on commercials or music videos or things like that. And they got picked up, I think, from a, like a talent agency or, um, you know, someone like that to work on the project. Were there people on the team that were like really into whether it was the music side or the dance side that were like, I, I want to pick the tunes or I wish I could be one of the dancers or something like that? So we had a couple of guys in the audio team that were Basically, on the side, they were DJs, and so they loved spinning, they loved music, and these were the guys that were helping to curate a lot of the music tracks. So they were really, really into it, and they developed a a following in the DDR community, actually, Um, just as, you know, a lot of DJs do in their own sphere. So that was really interesting to see. So you can get real fans by being part of this sort of game culture around a, a music game or a dance game. (laughs) <laughs> Apparently. I mean, I didn't uh, develop a following, but <laughs> these guys did, yeah. I'm curious, within your creative team, whether it was the choreography or the music choices, how much discussion was there about the meaning of creative choices when you were creating DDR? Uh, well, at DDR at the time, um, they would take songs that were either currently popular or that had been popular in you know, the pop culture sphere and they would try to decide if this was going to match the type of gameplay. So DDR has a very specific type of gameplay being, you know, that rhythm game. And so the the music had to match the game and how you would play it. That was really important. And as far as the dance moves, though, um, they were just trying to sync up you know, try to get dance moves that would match that song to a high degree. But it wouldn't always be, you know, a perfect one-to-one that you'd have like in a music video where it's heavily, heavily choreographed to that, you know, performer and, and the, you know, performance crew. You know, you mentioned that whether like on the music side, you had co- co-workers or colleagues that were creating these games that were DJs and that knew the music and were sort of fluent in it, certainly fluent enough to be able to help influence tracks that were chosen or something like that. You know, many of the, whether it's Epic Games or others, you know, the Fortnite team that are that are making these games, they might not be fluent in, you know, 2 million is music. They might not know, you know, Black Boy JB and the shoot dance. That Like, there are a lot of people that just think that dance came from Fortnite. I'm curious about your feelings about that. Is like the team that you were in, in creating some of the early, you know, experiences around dance and games, do you think that they were fluent in the culture that they were connected to, like that they were part of it, or were they sort of just cherry-picking stuff? Within the team, there's definitely different demographics of people in relation to, you know, the music and the dance. So 
there's a few team members that would be really, really into it. Like, especially the audio guys, you know, deep into that music culture. And there's a lot of other team members that really weren't that into that type of music or, you know, dance or anything. They're just, they love making video games. So yeah, there, there's definitely like a polarity there where some of the artists and engineers would be really into the music and some would just not even know if, if you mentioned, <laughs> you know, one of the artists or the tracks, they just wouldn't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's somewhat of the stereotype, right? As, as, as the geek or the, the person that's coding, that's not fluent in these cultural things, but it sounds like there was a pretty good mix. There were, there were a number of people that, that sort of lived in that world and knew the music and, and knew the context. And, and that's, that's an interesting line to draw because if we sort of go to the current era and one of these, these fundamental tensions and, and, you know, and it's not just, you know, Blockboard JB or, or 2 million, but like Chance the Rapper has talked about, wow, you know, shouldn't these artists be compensated? And I think drawing a connection to the larger issues around artists being exploited, especially black artists being exploited. And it is interesting too, because Video games have used music for many, many years and pretty much always been pretty good about licensing it. Like maybe in the very early years they didn't, but uh, there's always been an understanding that the songs have to be respected. It feels like maybe dance is in a different category. Choreography is seen as, as kind of a different class of intellectual property. Does that, does that mesh with your experience? On DDR, we were very aware of the licensing issues with the, the music. So, you know, we had obviously a legal team that we, you know, as developers, we didn't interface with at all, but we were very aware that, you know, licensing was a thing with the music, but with the dance, it almost seems like with this explosion in Fortnite and you have all of the dances really, you know, mimicking um, existing performers it's almost like we're at this this new phase that music was in back in the, I believe it was in the 80s, with sampling. So when you had rap music um, sampling, and it was eventually, right, it was deemed to be, you know, artistic use. But maybe we're sort of in that gray area now with um, performance, dance performance, where there's no precedent really for it. He said, hey, Biz, what you want a ride? I said, hell yeah. He said, I can't cause my girls inside. I love that idea. They were sort of at the, the moment that Biz Marquis was at when it goes to the Supreme Court around sampling and and the permissions and, and who has the right to use, you know, existing culture in what ways. So what you're saying is, is maybe we are going to have that sort of similar reckoning around sampling dancers. You know, the technology's progressed to where it goes from just audio to the audio plus video and, and motion that is dance. And also the ubiquity, I think that's got to be another factor. Is like back then, certainly everybody had a record player, but it's only very, very recently that everybody has a smartphone that can, that can play a game that's got this very elaborate dance routine in it. So, so one last question here. You know, you've, you've moved on, you know, from years ago working on games like DDR to, to as I said, a very, you know, varied career across... TV, film, doing new startups, VR, a lot of different areas. How have you learned from those, those sort of early experiences in capturing, you know, uh, dance and, and, and animation and bringing music into this sort of digital culture? How has that influenced what you create now and, and what you've learned since? I mean, one of the projects I worked on, uh, which was MISA, so it's, it was the first animated film in the Chamorro language. And it was about, it's a little longer than a short film. It was 45 minutes. Um, but it was a big deal in Guam. 
because of the fact that it was the first animated film in all in their language. And there's a lot of cultural elements that we had to be aware of in making that film. A lot of these uh, Pacific Islander cultures, I mean, dance is a big thing. Like growing up in Hawaii, you know, dance was obviously huge. So I learned to really be aware of, you know, how much power dance has. Whereas in DDR, it was just kind of for entertainment and I didn't really think anything of it. But dance for a lot of cultures is, is like storytelling. And so in a lot of the projects I've worked on since that had a cultural base, that was a good learning experience. And, you know, taking the technical knowledge that I got from those previous projects like DDR and the music experience and then being able to blend that with culture, um, that really helped a lot. Well, it's a really, it seems like almost a profound lesson to think about that first exposure to some of these aspects of dance happening in this very deeply technical context and going all the way into this cultural, even spiritual context for, for what dance represents to people. Best possible uh, learning you could take away from uh, having these different approaches and contexts to dance. Ty Robinson, thank you for joining us on Function. It's really been an insightful conversation, and, and, and I love the perspective you've brought to us. Hey, thanks for having me. After the break, we'll hear from Two Millie about his battle with Fortnite. On Function, we explore the stories behind the world's most impactful technology. And coming up next, we'll hear an advertiser segment from Microsoft Azure about the tech behind how one NBA team grew its fan base. The Portland Trailblazers have a loyal following. We have a building with 20,000 seats in it, roughly. A little over half of them are season ticket holders, and those are filled every night. But the challenge is filling the other 10,000 seats. And the person who is up to the challenge is Mike Schumacher. He's the director of analytics for the Trailblazers. We have all these leads and a lot of people that we could contact via email or like social media. But we also have a sales staff that can reach out on the phone. In sales, a call can make a world of difference. But calling some 200,000 people who went to see the Trailblazers last year is unrealistic. That's where machine learning comes in. Rohan Kumar is the corporate vice president of the Azure data team at Microsoft. Predictive analytics can be used to drive a much deeper customer engagement. You could essentially think about predicting customer behavior. You know, data tells you things which your intuition doesn't. For the Portland Trailblazers, it meant using the machine learning capabilities in Microsoft Azure to find that hidden fan. Things like watching specific sports channels. If you are a heavy LinkedIn user, or if you're a cord cutter and you have, say, a streaming device, um, those were also data points that were more predictive in identifying someone that was interested in purchasing tickets. Mike and his team were able to get more Trailblazer fans to games using Azure's Workbench. The result? In the 2016-2017 season, the sales campaign got one out of four people to buy tickets, instead of one out of 20. Curious about how AI and machine learning can transform the way to do business? Sign up for a free Azure account today and play around. Get started at azure.com slash trial. A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial. Thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function. And now back to our show. Welcome back to Function. I'm Anil Dash. 
All right, let's talk about Fortnite. Although it isn't a dance game itself, the dance emotes in Fortnite have become the most popular signature from the game in popular culture. During the World Cup, we saw players doing dances from Fortnite right there on the field to celebrate when they scored a goal. And there are even classes where people can learn to do the emotes from Fortnite in the real world. The Battle Royale version of Fortnite is free for people to download, but many of these dances are only available for purchase, or sometimes you can earn them by hitting a milestone in the game. That stirred up some controversy because it doesn't seem like Fortnite is asking permission from the artists who created the dances or paying them when the dances show up in the game. Instead of doing that, Epic Games changed the name of some of these dances. Like The Shoot, that's Blockboy JB's hit song and hit dance that showed up everywhere in pop culture over the last year. But when it showed up in Fortnite, it was renamed as The Hype. The same thing happened as Snoop Dogg's signature move from the Drop It Like It's Hot video, which got renamed to The Tidy in Fortnite. That means there are a lot of people out there who know these dances but have no clue about the artists or the culture that created or inspired them. So is this a classic example of appropriation? A video game industry that hires relatively few black creatives is profiting from the work of mostly black artists, but without compensating them. Lots of people think it is appropriation. For example, Chance the Rapper called out Epic Games on Twitter, saying that Fortnite should use the songs associated with the dances in the game and pay the artists who created those dances and songs. He's not alone in that criticism. A lot of the artists whose dances are included in the game think it's unfair that they weren't compensated, including Two Millie, who we'll hear from in a second. Now, obviously, appropriation in gaming isn't anything new. Parappa the Rapper is a classic example all the way back in the last century. But should dance be treated like music with all the copyright protections that music enjoys? It is important to note that choreography can be protected. Soldier Boy is a good example here. His signature Crank That dance is not an emote in Fortnite, and Soldier Boy gives credit to the fact that he has copyrighted the choreography of his dance. But what about other artists? Does Fortnite have a responsibility to compensate the artists they profit from? We reached out to Epic Games to talk about this, and they politely declined the invitation and did not offer a statement. But however, we did get to talk to Two Millie about his signature dance, the Millie Rock, being used in Fortnite. Let me just start by going back, you know, three, four years ago uh, to the moment when sort of Millie Rock bursts out into popular consciousness. Tell me about, like, where the dance came from for you. Well, growing up in the neighborhood where I was at, I was like uh, 15 of us. So I was always the turn up one, right? Mm -hmm. I was always the turn up one. I drink a little bit, drink some, some handy or something, <laughs> nutcracker or something, and then I'll just be turning up. So Spike Lee, he did a 25th anniversary for Do the Right Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he uh, shot the movie on my block. Oh, all right. So when he had the uh, block party, I was drinking nutcracker, I think. And then my brother, he had a, he had a, a song out at the moment. His, his song was called Trouble. So I jumped on top of the car. I just started busting moves. Like, I don't know what I was doing. It, it, I was just turning up for me vibing. So Millie Rock was just, it was always just a good vibe for me and my friends. For me, and just it's born some turn up part. dance that we do. Really. Now, that's what really got it, 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 it noticed. Because mm -hmm. it was like 90 people recording me. Right. Right. So they put it on Instagram. They put, put it on, on Facebook. I don't even think it was Instagram. Oh yeah, it was before my, that, right? It was yeah. like Facebook. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And I ain't have Facebook at the time, so I never knew. So they're like, "Yo, you about to be famous? Are you famous?" So I'm like, "What? <laughs> hey, y'all crazy?" 
But the video had 10K views on Facebook at that time. That was mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Just coming out of nothing, feel me? So it kept going, kept going. So I ran with it. I'm like, all right, well, what could I name the dance? Then I'm like, all right, we rocking side to side. Because it still wasn't no song or nothing. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, rocking side to side. Man, my name too, Millie. Man, we're going to name it Millie Rock. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Millie Rock. Oh, that's fire. This is right roughly around the same time as Shmurda Dance and this other stuff's coming out. So you got this feeling no. like that's... Is this before? We put the song out close to the end of 2014. Okay. Oh, so it takes a while before yeah. everybody sees it out in the yeah. world. Yeah, so now it probably took like a whole year in 2015 when it finally... Know what I'm saying made yeah. noise. So there's a build and a build and a build. For it was you. just a building process. We just was posting, posting, posting. So now I'm like, hold on, let me make a song for it. Mm -hmm. I made the song now because I got the name for yeah, the yeah. dance. Right. So I'm like, let me make a song. I made the song, Millie Rock. I'm like, all right. Now I just need something. I'm Millie Rock on any block. I'm Millie Rock on any block. So how long is it from from the block party, from Spike Lee's block party, to when you know Millie Rock is just is bigger than you could have imagined? That was like that was like August, right? Mm -hmm. I got my first show the next year, April April sixteenth. All right. So I say <laughs> you remember the date. I like yeah. that. So phenomenon is not even the word, right? You've got you know dudes in the NFL in the end zone. They're doing it. You got people on stage. I mean, I saw. Janet last year, Janet Jackson. She's not co-signing anybody's choreography, right? Like she oh, does. She's she's a legend, and she's up there, and she's yeah. really rocking. Like, Even J Lo, yeah. J Lo just did it. Yeah, yeah. You have this impact. You see this this creation of yours, and artists are taking it and running with it. How do you feel about that? Like some artists don't really take it. They actually reach out, mm. and we do kind of like a contract mm -hmm. where they could bust the move into they in a dance routine. Yeah. As some artists, yeah. uh, Jennifer Lopez to be one, mm -hmm. like Beyonce, yeah. like like yeah. those. But then you have the the artists that just, hey, right, well, I like the turn up. Well, right. let me Millie Rock in my video. So there's an interesting thing. J Lo, obviously incredible dancer, incredible artist. She's also been a choreographer. She's somebody who respects dance, right? Like she's somebody that this is. She's been paid to create dance for people. Do you think that has to do with why she reaches out to you when she says she wants to yeah. step into this style? Well, pretty much, like, it's New York, so I feel like she, like, <laughs> she don't want nothing to fall back on, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you want everything to be, like, Square. legit business, yeah, so, take care of all right, well, let me just pay him this, this percentage, like, it's already nothing, for mm -hmm. me. I, I wanted to start there because I, I want to get that feeling of, you know, what it's like to be on the inside of creating something so big and so pervasive in culture and that crosses, I mean, I don't think you were thinking when you made that song or when you hop on top of a car at the block party like this is going to be everywhere you know, i see kids in the suburbs at the you know the junior high school dance right japan tokyo yeah. <laughs> right. china really right. so that's this this moment and you create something in the world and it inspires other artists and inspires kids and now we fast forward it's a couple years later are you a gamer? Do you play games? Probably like 2K19 Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I ain't, I'm trash. I ain't shit. So. <laughs> I just, I play it. And what about Fortnite? Had you heard of it? Had you ever played it? Seen it? I heard of it, but I never played it still. Mm -hmm. It feels like it came out of nowhere. And then at some point, you know, the last, I'd say six months really, it, it starts to be this huge cultural phenomenon. How did you find out that there was, you know, this move trying to be Millie Rocket in the game? My fans. Uh-huh. My fans. 
basically on Twitter. Yeah. More so to yeah. say anything. I think I got like I said ninety nine plus mentions. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. like, what the. F- what just happened? <laughs> yeah, because some my that Twitter don't be, trouble, right? don't be booming like that. So I'm like, hold up. Yeah. What? I go to it, everybody bugging. Yo, you need to sue Fortnite. Yo, Fortnite stole your dance. Mm. Yeah, they got your dance. They they got it. They took it and they called it to swipe it. People DMing me. Yo, my whole DMs filled up. Mm-hmm. Fans like, yeah. yo, they stole your dance. Yo, you need your credit. Yo, yo. Then they adding, adding them, adding Fortnite, adding Epic Games. Yeah. Give two million credit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wicked for that. I'm like, yo, hold up, what's going on? Mm-hmm. But I seen the same type of thing when 2K18 came out, because mm-hmm. they was doing it in there too. Yeah, yeah. So when I seen Fortnite, they was really going crazy. Even on Instagram, they was DMing me. Yeah. Then Joe Buttons, he wrote under my picture, mm-hmm. "You need to sue Fortnite." So there's an interesting thing there because it's 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 almost fans and friends and other artists that are like they want to protect you, yeah. They're sort of looking out for you for you, and they would say, "This is this thing that's happening." And and did you have the context about like emotes and how all that works, or like how how dance is used in the game? Nah. So I mean, you know, the 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 short version of it is is it's the the core game isn't about dance. Yeah, I right? googled it recently. Yeah, I know it's like a shooting game. Right? Yeah, yeah, and and so, so why do they put dances in it? That's wild, right? This is why I say that he used the culture. Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying basically mm-hmm. our dances, which is most popular. Yeah, yeah, because you know that. The kids are gonna buy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kids are gonna want it, and the parents are gonna buy it. Yeah. So you make the game free. Yeah. The game is free to get. Mm-hmm. I think it's just to that's download right. or that's something. Right. That's right. But you have to pay for the dance moves. Mm-hmm. Come on. It used to be you were paying for whatever the character or something in the game. Now to take dance and you know the emotes, especially as this the explicit thing that has that value. How does that feel? I mean, is that because that's, that's different robbery. than what happened with 2K18, right? I, I feel like that's the same thing too, mm-hmm. because you had to hook somebody up to the strap things and all that. Yeah, yeah. For me, the just to capture. get the move, so you didn't <laughs> hit me up, right? For me, so you stole that too, right? So who do they motion capture to do? Come on, for me. Yeah, and it's not an official Millie Rock if it ain't come from me. Mm-hmm. For what I'm saying. So how could you put that into a game and a brand without contacting the creator? Yeah. That's and the, that's a sh- that's I mean, have you ever licensed your music for a game? No. But would you? Yeah. Yeah, you do, sure. right? Yeah. But they would never put your song in a game. No, and not yeah. Ask you, right? Yeah, they can't. So, is this about the difference in respect between music and dance? I feel like they're gonna use whatever whatever aspect mm-hmm. they can to get the most money. Yeah, they're gonna do it. Yeah. You see, look, they have two K nineteen. While you playing the game, you hear Trippy Red, you hear, mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You hear up to but date. But they license all those songs, right? All those people get paid. Sure, but why would you? Why would you need that mm-hmm. in a basketball game? You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, that's uh, that that's a broader culture. This is the question for you: is is can you have? I mean, certainly a basketball game without hip hop. I mean, that's the culture. That it, it is what it, like that's not basketball, right? Like because you you couldn't even put it on TV. You can't put a game on TV, let alone in a video game. So, so if we say the culture is linked, that sort of raises that question. But is that true for all games? I mean, is it only because it's basketball, or is that true for, you know, a game That's you play for on games. Xbox? Like if you, any game, mm-hmm. if you know, uh, say a uh, little pump, yeah, Gucci Gang, yeah, it got what crazy millions, right? Oh, yeah. So, you would want to put that song in your game, right? Right. And they'll put that in every game because you know the kids want right. to hear that. You know so, what I'm saying? so then, so if you want to use the dance, yeah. 
It's like the same thing. You know, as we said, they would never put a, your song, your music into the game without knowing we got to clear the rights, we got a licensed song, we got to get you paid. Now, for dance, well, it's, it's a whole different thing. thing. Yeah. Do you feel like it should be? Sure. Yeah. They could reach out. Yeah. Hey, we're interested in using your mm-hmm. dance and in a game. Uh, uh, uh. Right. We have we sell the emotes for whatever, whatever. Yeah. So we would like to give you a fair percentage. Mm-hmm. So, so going forward, one of the things that was, uh, I think, another turning point, another sort of big moment of attention for this conversation was Chance sort of spoke on this. And he's not, you know, he, he like dances in his lane for what he does, but he obviously respects like when people add movement he to what they're doing. He the movement, mm-hmm. no matter who it is. Like, I feel like yeah. if it's me, if it's Block Boy JB. Yeah, yeah. He, like, this is something that we created. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it should be fair. Like, then what make me more furious is like, all right, yeah, we could take the dance moves, but we can't name it Millie Rock. Because mm-hmm. then they going to be really mad. And Block Boy's an interesting like, example, too, because there's probably more people that know the, the move from the game now than even from shoot, from his own videos, from whatever, right? Block Boy JB created the shoot. Yeah. It's really evident. Uh, he just burst on the scene. He had a, a feature with Drake. Yeah. Nobody was doing that dance before that. Yeah. And tell me Nobody. about the dance. Tell folks what the dance is if they don't know. It's the shoot. I don't know. <laughs> it's the it shoot. just is. It just it's is. The shoot. That's That's yeah. You got jump the leg up and down. And you yeah. kick and you and you got your fist going. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think actually to that point now, there's probably as many people that are like, oh, that's a that's a Fortnite dance. Now look, hip hop. I say it's global, but you have a good percentage of people that listen to hip hop, and it's a very great percentage mm-hmm. of people that don't. People that don't know mm-hmm. hip hop. Yeah. They're going to play Fortnite. Yeah. And then they're going to look at the dance. And whatever they named that dance, they mm-hmm. didn't name it. No, they didn't call shoot. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't have people lost. People are calling it the whatever. Right. And it's really the shoot. And he created it. Mm-hmm. But y'all got it in y'all game mm-hmm. and named it something else. Do you think people who make dances can ever get that same level of respect and even just the the money that you do when you make music that they just would never think of taking your work and putting it into a game without paying you can that change yeah it's gonna change how's that happen how are you gonna change it well, i have a good attorney so I will. <laughs> let me let me get into that a little bit so i, so, I copyright the dance choreography see yeah. most people don't know you right it's not the actual dance right or you, the name of the dance is the choreography mm-hmm. so it has it has to deal with two or more steps mm-hmm. you feel what I'm saying yep so Block Boy JB that's what I said that's choreography that's put right. together then Millie Rock so you Block Boy you got the copyright on the choreography because that's the part you can you can control that's the part you can own you got a good lawyer are you reaching out to Epic Games are you reaching out to these folks and saying let's make this right I hit them up mm-hmm. first like yo <laughs> I don't really want to go all that long route with it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like Start out friendly. Yeah, like, feel me? Just do a fair conversation. Yeah. Like, I don't want to even bash y'all on the internet. I don't want to have to go do interviews about y'all. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just so this do, is business. Yeah. Y'all know, feel me? Y'all took it. All right. It's, it's consequences. Y'all knew that because y'all didn't put the song in and y'all didn't name it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So y'all really try to go around the artists as much as possible. You've seen the video uh, of people in the game doing a Millie Rock. Does it look right to you? Does it feel right? Nah. 
Tell me how they get in the dance wrong. Because, man, I, I keep my rock low, feel me? Like, <laughs> then they start doing, oh, this. I done never made that. It's like, not in the hips. They're, like, they're like way up here. Come on, we low. We low with it. I, I'm curious about overall. Like, do you think, is there, whether it's 2K18, whether it's Fortnite, whatever. 2K18, Fortnite. And supposedly FIFA 19. Uh huh. But we look at all those games. Do any of them get the, the moves right? Like, do you feel like this is doing the dance justice? They had a commercial for 2K18, and it was looking like it was The Rock, but they wasn't moving the feet with it. <laughs> they just was moving the arms. So I'm like, come on, man. It doesn't count. It don't count. If you ain't never been like this in, a, in your rock, it's not, <laughs> it's not The Rock. You me? Two Miller here has got the tat of the original, authentic Millie Rock. The move. Feel me? You got the feet moving. It's not all up in the shoulders. It's down in the hips. You're moving. <laughs> yeah. Feel what I'm saying? This you know. actually to me is just a, a still shot from a picture, and they just made it all black. Yeah? Yeah. It's a silhouette that uh, actually it reminds me of the NBA logo, right? It's like somebody yeah, in the middle of the game yeah. doing the move. Fire. How does this get right? If, if they say, we're sorry, we didn't mean to do it. If they write you a check, if the next time somebody makes a game, they reach out to you first, What's what, what feels like justice for you as a creator or for, you that know, right anybody. There. That right there. You know who made it. Yeah, yeah. Go to them. Personally. Don't even, no manager, no man. If you want to use this for for services, for money, yeah. go to him. Hey, how do you feel about this? Mm -hmm. This is all I feel like they should do. Let's say Epic Games says they want to make it right and they're going to write you a check and you know, make sure that things are square with you, but your name's not on it, your dance name isn't on it, you don't get the proper public credit. Are you still good with that? Nah, I, I'm not jacking that. You know what it is? It's like, it's like, it's still theft. And, it's and I don't right. get robbed, so <laughs> I'm not jacking that. It's still theft. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna use something that came from me, credit me. Simple as that. Well, or take it out, take that emo out of the game and put it back in with the name Millie Rock, mm -hmm. and we have our agreement, mm -hmm. pay my cheese. <laughs> All right. Two million, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you having Glad me. Glad to have you on Function. Yeah, man, it's love. So we started the conversation today talking about what a huge cultural phenomenon Fortnite is and how it uses dance in a really interesting and innovative way. But what's striking to me is to listen to, for example, Ty Robinson talk about how much thought and care goes into the creation of these dance games. All the artists involved in animating, capturing, and writing the code that makes these games work. And the contrast between what Ty said and the obvious frustration that Tumili felt about his dance being represented in these games without him as an artist being represented. And it makes me wonder whether we couldn't find maybe a little more equitable solution so that people like coders or the designers that create tech could sit at the same table with dancers and rappers and other people who create culture and maybe start to look at each other's work in a way that is a little more of a level playing field. Well, that's it for this week on Function. Next week, we are going to explore why so many celebrities use that Apple Notes app whenever they have to make an apology to the public. We're going to talk to a user experience designer, a pop culture expert, and if you've done anything wrong between now and then, you can share your Apple Notes apologies with us, too. Function is produced by Bridget Armstrong. Our associate producer is Maurice Cherry. 
Nishat Kurwa is the executive producer of audio for the Vox Media Podcast Network. Our engineers are Srinivas Ramamurthy and Jarrett Floyd. And our theme music was composed by Brandon McFarland. Have a huge thanks to our team at Glitch. You can find us every week at glitch.com slash function or follow me on Twitter at, at Neil Dash. You can subscribe to Function on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to go to glitch.com slash function. You can check out things like VR that'll show you how to make a character that dances exactly the way you want. Lots of cool stuff. Make sure to go to glitch.com slash function. Keeping up with your competition is important. Taking the lead with unmatched innovation? Now that's impressive. And that's what's possible when you build your next generation of smart apps on Microsoft Azure. Clear the way for unparalleled productivity with end-to-end development and management tools, and integrate cloud capabilities across your environment with the only consistent hybrid cloud. Discover transformative insights through artificial intelligence and real-time data, and scale across more global regions than you'll get from any other cloud provider. Because every business and every organization whether it's small or large, old or new, has something to gain by reaching beyond the limits of an on-premise data center. What will you achieve when you come to the cloud? Get started with a free account and 12 months of popular services at azure.com trial. And you know how to spell it. It's A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial. Give it a try today.